0: Hey, I, I want to welcome all of our campuses. I want to welcome those of you on the South Shore, Gulf Coast, online, all those that are joining us well, Facebook Live and here at Little Creek. I want to welcome you guys to the fourth and the fifth week of our message series entitled Holidays. Come on, can we just welcome those that are joining us right now again? So excited. You know, we, we're in a series, and of course, we're in the holidays, D-A-Y-S. I think you guys have caught this, that, that, that sometimes you can be in the holidays, H-O-L-I-D-A-Y-S, and because of all of the things going on in and around us, all of the stress attached to it, it can feel like, not D-A-Y-S, but it can feel like D-A-Z-E. My whole point in this series as we've set out to, to, to help you guys from the Bible to find out God's way that we can deal with, listen, tumultuous situations. We can deal with fun times, sad times, happy times, low times, up times. Truth is, I love the holidays. And I want to just go on record. I love everything about it. And I really mean that. I love the music. I love the fun. I, I love football during this time. I, listen, I love the food. I love the food. Can I have a witness? I really love the food. And by the way, you can eat as much as you want at Church of the King during this time because we all fast for Jesus in January. (laughs) So just like, it's going in January. It's going, it's going, it's going. So I want to go on record. I love it. I really do. I am an advocate. I think it's all, but I also know there's some unique pressures I mean, just think about the holiday advertising. I say this respectfully. Anybody that's in marketing advertising, truth is, I remember as a kid, it's like, you know, marketers had to behave and kind of act within the seasons. Now, it's like before Halloween, you feel this pressure. My gosh, I got to get Christmas gifts. It's like, you already have stuff out there. Why? So it produces inside of you this adrenalized state of, my gosh, I feel like I'm behind the eight ball already. And what party are we going to go to? And they didn't come to ours and vice versa. So there's all this stuff, stuff that we carry. I never forget a couple of years ago, I was sitting. We have a staff Christmas party. It used to be at, uh, at night on Friday night, which was not a, the best time because everybody else was busy doing stuff. And so people would come in Friday night to the Christmas. Now we, we do it during the day and it's a fun time. But I never forget a number of years ago, I don't know why we planned it this way, but it was almost like right up on the Friday where, where, where I was getting ready to start all the Christmas Eve services. Now we were at, here at the little creek, we're in our old building where there's lots and lots of services. I mean it was just like a ton of services and I never forget sitting there and, and I'm watching everybody trying to you know I'm, of course I'm happy, but yet I'm also concerned I'm a little bit nervous because I'm thinking to myself I'm getting ready to start like in two two days like all of these services, and I was preoccupied i was I was I was I was fatigued already before the services. I thought to myself, how many people how, how many people actually in the holidays, have a smile on the outside, but yet they're experiencing stuff. Now, this series is not just about the holidays. This series, I've attempted to to share with you biblical principles of how we can navigate through life, not just in November and December, but how we can start and blast off into 2019, listen, in a whole new dimension. By the way, I do not believe God has designed the Christian life for us to just make it to the end and then we go to heaven. Matter of fact, I think the Bible advocates that we can be overcomers. Can y'all say overcomers? Paul said it this way. He says, in all things, we've been called to be overcomers. An overcomer means that something comes at you, and you, by the power of Christ, have the ability to go over it. That God has called us not to survive, but to thrive, to, to, to live the abundant life that Christ died on the cross for. Now, why am I saying all that? All of this starts when we understand the purpose of Christ and who Christ is to us, and, and, and what he means to us. You know, the last couple of weeks I've been talking a little bit about, I've been talking a little bit about, and I've been just each week inching a little bit closer, more of the Christmas story, more of the, that'll culminate on Christmas Eve, but but it's interesting, I began to think about it this week, and I, and I thought about a conversation that I had with a young teenager years ago i used to speak to teenagers that's what i did i i would speak to to, to teenagers and this kid came up to me and says man I'm just, he was mad at his parents oh man he was just he was so frustrated with his parents he goes he was mr steve and, and and you know i i just i just don't like my parents and here's what he said and i never chose them to begin with <laughs> to which i said respectfully to him they didn't choose you either are y'all with me? I'm just being honest. I mean, yeah, it was a it was a biological birth. I said, they didn't choose you either. You just, I'm just telling you, they just like, you, they, they, they got you. <laughs> Number two, I began to think about this. Did you guys know there's not one person that ever chose to be born except Jesus? Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Here's Jesus. He's in heaven, Right? He's in heaven, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, seated at the right hand of the Father. Now watch this. The only person in all of history and before history is the Alpha and the Omega, right? The beginning and the end. Now I want you to think about this, who actually chose to leave where he was. The Bible says the splendor of heaven, the beauty of heaven. He actually chose to come and to be born. He took on human flesh to be born from a a virgin girl, Mary. I want you to think about this. While that kid did not choose his parents, while those parents did not choose that boy, Jesus was the only one that chose to be born. Wow. I began to think about that. And when he chose to be born, how did he decide that? When was it the right time? I mean, think about it. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, in the fullness of time. The fullness of what time? When the road systems were put together and now the Roman road structure. I've heard people say that before. The communication structure was there because all the roads, the Romans had taken over Israel and that. and that may, maybe, maybe that's it. But I tell you, it wasn't the opportune time for Mary and Joseph. That's for sure. I want you to think about that just for a moment. Talk about opportune time and the right time. I mean, I mean, here it is, and again, I say it respectfully. She's a, she's a young virgin girl, betrothed, which means engaged. So she's engaged to Joseph, and, 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 and Mary starts showing. She gets in the first trimester, second trimester, and all Joseph can say is the Holy Spirit did it. You'll get that after lunch. But anyway. And by the way, they came at, listen, let me tell you, let me tell you, Jesus chose to come at another time. You guys ready for this? Here's when he came. He came at tax time. How many I like for him to return at tax time? Come on, you know, wouldn't that be awesome? We're out of here. I don't care what I owe. But he chose to come, he chose to come to this, this earth. And when he chose and how he chose, how he chose, I mean, he, he chose to He chose to, quote, be born. He he could have, by the way, he wasn't the only man. Listen, watch this. Think about this. When Adam Adam was placed on the earth, he wasn't born from a virgin. He was placed as a mature man. Jesus could have done that, by the way. You you guys realize that? God already did that one time in the garden. So why didn't God just go, boom, 30-year-old, sharp? No, he, he chose. And the reason why he chose is he chose to be born from these parents. Watch this. And he chose to come at an inopportune time. And he chose to come because he so deeply wanted to connect with humanity. And he knows. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and you're just thinking, and they're really trying to be empathetic with you, and, and you're just like, you just don't get it. Are you all with me? I mean, it's not because they're mean. It's not because they're, they, they lack compassion. It's just because they've not experienced it. They've not been there. They've not walked through that. Let me tell you, Jesus was making sure that nobody had the opportunity to look at him and go, you just don't get it. He got it and gets it. The fact is, when he was born, he was born. Let me tell you, when he was born and how he was born and where he was born, He was born in a world that was sick, a world that was sin-laden, a world that was tired, a world that was was under political oppression. There was so much to that. There was so much. And he was given a name. He was given a name that was, it's above every name. It's the name of Jesus. And when you think about the name of Jesus, when you think about who he is, and you think about what he does. By the way, a name often indicates what someone does the name jesus meaning savior but but he wasn't just our savior he's not just our savior that's where a lot of people they 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 come short during christmas time it's like the savior of the world he's not just the savior he's not just come here jesus you know he's got a little shepherd little sheep the whole thing that's a picture but that's not the only picture there's there's another picture of who he is so powerful I mean, it's so amazing. If you have your Bible, I'm going to open up one more time to Isaiah 9, chapter 6, because I want to highlight another name. Listen, another term. This is 700 years before the birth of Christ. This was written, 700 B.C. And it's, 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 it's identifying who Christ is, and, 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 and not only who he is, but what he does. And look at, look at the prophet says. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. That's a heavy thought, the government. I mean, that's a whole other message. And his name, everybody say name. Name. Now remember, most of us think of Jesus as just Savior, which obviously, I mean, my gosh, if he's nothing else, he's the Savior of our soul. He's the one that died on the cross for us. I mean, our sins can be forgiven. We can spend eternity with God the Father, okay? So I'm not in any way way limiting that or any way somehow Producing that, but he's more than that. He's more than that, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Last week we spoke about what's this word, Counselor. If you didn't, hear, if you weren't here last week, again I want to say you can download all that stuff. But 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 he's our Counselor. That he wants to speak to you. He wants to counsel you. He wants to bring insight to your life. But he's not just a counselor. The Bible says that he's also this. And I want to ever, the count of three. All of our campuses, those two next words, we're going to say it. One, two, three. Mighty God. Mighty God. Not just God. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. I love talking about God, and every chance I get, I want to tell people how, who God is and how great God is. But there's something about this term, there, there, there's something about the term, watch this, mighty God, because I want to talk to you today about how do you deal, listen, how do you deal during the holidays, D-A-Y-S, how do you make sure to not go into the D-A-Z-E, and I believe part of the problem why we go from D-A-Y-S to D-A-Z-E is because of fatigue. We get fatigued. I want to talk to you today about not just Jesus the Savior, which he is, absolutely. I want to talk to you about that, that Jesus is also, watch us. he's also the mighty God that wants to fill you with his strength. He, he's a mighty God. Now, when you think of mighty, it really dates where you, let me say, the way that you grew up. The, the, think about mighty. Just, just think right off the bat. Some of you guys, when you think of mighty, you think of Superman, right? Maybe my generation, Mr. T, come on, can I, tell you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, Mr. T, he's bad to the bone. Y'all remember that, that, that my mohawk, I mean, just power, Mr. T. Maybe it was the Incredible Hulk, maybe that was, that was, that was my, maybe it's a little, maybe Iron Man, get, come on, get, get a little bit closer. What, whatever your concept of, listen, mighty is, that's still way under who God is, way under. Again, during Christmas and the Hallmark Cards, little Jesus, got a little sheep, little shepherd. Here he goes, meh, nah, just pull him back. Come on, he's a little precious shepherd. He is that, but he's also a mighty God. Amen. See, if your picture of Jesus is just a little precious shepherd, that's wonderful, but he's more than a precious shepherd. He's also a mighty God that wants to help empower you and infuse you with grace and strength and might and help you to overcome the fatigue that you're feeling even right now. Mighty God. Everybody say it with me. One, two, three mighty God. Think about who God is. God is the mighty God. And the problem is, is that we often don't understand the mighty God and we don't tap into the strength of the mighty God because we, 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 we have not yet relinquished our own. It's hard for us to admit when we have needs, isn't it? Is it hard for us to finally come to the end of ourselves? We got man, I, I need God. We we want to control our own world. We want to manipulate our own world. We want to make sure to. Uh, I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. I'm talking about even Christ followers. We 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 want to make sure that we somehow are in control of our own world. The problem is, is that you never understand the mighty God until you give up your own mighty strength, because you and I are limited. Our resources are limited. Our intellectual power is limited. Our emotional resources are limited. Our physical strength is limited. Why is it? Why is it that we have to, and I say this according to myself too, why is it that we often have to come to the end of ourselves before we discover who God really is? The mighty God. Reminds me of the story of this atheist who was, he was in Alaska a beautiful country, and he's just hiking and camping and spending time out there and, Next thing you know, he recognizes there's a, there's a bear. He wasn't sure what it was. it was, a grizzly bear coming at him. Now, those of you that have ever been in the wilderness or any, any, maybe Yellowstone Park, I mean, they, they've got like signs, you know, grizzlies run fast. You know, they're really, and boy, this grizzly was like rolling. He didn't have pepper spray, nothing. I mean, he's just, so he just turns around. He just takes off running. He's just running, and finally this grizzly catches him, all right, and puts him on the ground and takes his paw and is getting... remember, the guy's an atheist, and he's getting ready to swipe him, and just, that's the end of this guy. And the atheist says, oh, God, help! Immediately, a light shines from heaven, and a boy says, why should I? You have denied me. You even taught people I didn't exist. You've said that I was not the creator. Why should I help you? And the atheist goes... You're right, that would be a hypocrite. Don't help me, but can you at least make the bear a Christian? God says, I'll grant you your prayer. Next thing you know, the paw comes down, they come together, and the bear goes, Lord, I thank you for what I'm about to receive. God answers prayer. Y'all with me? God answers prayer. Why is it that we have to come to the end of ourself before we cry out to God? We have to go. I, I mean, I mean maybe, maybe you don't have a grizzly paw going, getting ready to swipe you, but maybe, it's a, maybe there's a financial situation. Maybe there's a relational situation. Maybe you're fighting an addiction, and, and you felt like you could do it on your own without getting help. Are you with me? God wants to help us. God, God wants to deliver us. God, God, God wants to, there, there, there's, there's, something about, there's something about when we come to understand who God is. I, I love this scripture in Jeremiah 32. This is a powerful scripture. Talking about mighty God, who God is. Not just Savior, but he's the mighty God. He, in the, the Lord God, behold, this is Jeremiah the prophet. Here's what he said. You have made the heavens and the earth by your great power, and outstretched arm. Now watch this. If you believe this, if you and I really believe this, which I, we, we should, we, we, we do, if you really believe this, the implications of this scripture are so powerful. I want you to think about this. There is nothing, everybody say nothing. Nada. That's Spanish. Our translators because they translate this, there's nothing too hard for God. In other words, when you're in a situation that's too hard, which we all get in those, there's nothing too hard for God. It's so wonderful when you begin to think about, and I begin to think about the, 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 how God takes the impossible and makes it possible. Why? Because God's, God's able to do it. I, I, I was thinking about the strength of God. I was thinking about how God wants to step into our lives and how we all fight about it, how I fight about how we wait too late. We often wait until and, and, and God is there and, and God is available. And, and By the way, a number of, year, a number of months ago, I, I had a, uh, Pastor Robert Morris who taught a message. I was putting this together this week, and I was thinking about the terms that he used in that message. You can go back, and he was talking about God and, and, and some of the names of God. And God is omnipotent and omniscient. Y'all remember that? It was in his message. And I began to think about the prevailing strong arm of God and those terms. I want to just explain real quick what they mean, and then I'm going to jump into some practical things that you guys can take with you today. Let's talk about three terms, big theological terms. Big terms talking about who God is and the greatness of God. Number one, the omniscience of God. Omniscience. Omni is that Latin word which means all-encompassing. God is all. He's all-encompassing. Niscient is where we get the, actually the word science from. It's the Greek word gnosis, which means knowledge. So God is the all-knowledgeable one. In other words, he knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. By the way, simultaneous. I had a guy one time say, man, Pastor, he was like, I, I, don't, I don't really want to pray this prayer because if I pray a prayer about the things that are in my life, you know, God's, God's probably helping somebody somewhere else in the world. And I don't want to hey, time out. God is helping somebody else in the world. But that doesn't mean he can't help you right here. Are y'all with God's not limited. He's he's the omniscient one. Do you guys remember in fifth grade, do y'all remember in fifth grade the know-it-all? Come on, you had a know-it-all in your class. You weren't the smartest in your class. I know some of you may have been, but come on. I mean, there was one kid in there that he was vocal. And he was just like, every question, like, yep, I know it, Mm, yep, I know it. You're like, you shut up. No, I mean, I was before I was a Christian, but anyway. And you're just like, what is that deal? This guy's a know-it-all. The truth is, he really didn't know it all. He was just more verbal. He was a communicator, right? God really is a know-it-all. He knows it all. And let me tell you something. He knows the times when we sin and when we blow it. Doesn't it blow you away that God does not blow you away when you sin and he knows it? How many y'all are grateful for that? Come on, are y'all with me? So, 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 so God God is, the, God is the omniscient one. I heard a funny story about a real wealthy grandfather who was getting up in age. He was going deaf, so he goes in to see this doctor. He says, I, I, I really can't hear. I get in these conversations. My family, they know I can't hear. It's just crazy. I said, I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I want to be a good grandpa. You know, I've, I've got all this energy in my life, but I can't hear. And I want to I wanna, I wanna bring my grandson fishing. I want to do all this stuff. I've got I to gotta be able to hear. He says, no problem. I can fix this. I said, we've got some hearing aids. that are so powerful. I mean, say, these things are awesome. He goes, he tries them on. He goes, look, come back in a month. We want to just kind of tweak it a little bit, see how it's going. He comes back in a month. He goes, I need a little bit of an adjustment. I, I, I'm hearing a little bit better. And he, says, and he adjusted some things. He, he said, come back in another month. He comes back in another month. He says, Doc, you're not going to believe this. I, I can hear perfectly. He says, well, man, I bet your family's excited about that. He goes, I hadn't told them. I said, what do you mean you didn't tell me? He said, no, I haven't told him. He goes, well, I mean, like, so what does that mean? He goes, I'll tell you what it means. I've changed my will three times since that." (laughs) Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. God knows everything. Let me give you another word. Not only is he omniscient, but he's also omnipresent. That means he's all present at all the times everywhere. I remember as a kid, I used to talk about, you know, know, my brother and I would talk about, you know, so if God's here... You know, can he be over there? And I, I began to think about it because, because here's the point. Here's the point. He's at this campus. He's at our South Shore campus. He's at our Gulf Coast campus. He's in all the jails, all the prisons. He's online, wherever you are. He's also at other Bible-believing churches that teach about Christ and live out. He's, let me the Holy Spirit. He's also with somebody who's not in church that's in prayer somewhere and addicted and crying out to God. God's right there. Why? Because God is all present. He's not limited by space and configurations and, and, and iPhone distributed. He's not limited. He's everywhere. But he's not only everywhere, he's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He's potent, right? When you think, "whoof," that drink, that's potent. Something's potent. Triple shot. It's potent. God is more than triple shot. Are you with me? It's much more potent than that. It's where we get the word powerful. He's all-powerful. In other words, there's, if, if you're all-powerful, that, that means there's, nobody more, there's nothing, nobody more powerful. So he's got all power. If your God is a small God, then he can help you with small things. Y'all with me? But if your God's all-powerful, then he can help you with all things. Why are we waiting? What do you mean, Pastor? Why, why, why are we waiting to ask God? The challenge in your life right now, the situation you're dealing with right now, the greatest one thing that you're issuing, have you brought that to Christ? I'm asking you. I'm asking every single one of us, everybody that's at all of our camp, I'm asking you right now. The one thing, the one thing that keeps you up late at night, the one thing that's on your mind, have you brought that thing? doesn't mean that we don't practically take measures to be able to address it, but that one thing, that one thing, Have we brought it to God? It's omnipotent. Before I close, I want to do something. i want to give you three practical ways that I believe the power of God, the omnipotence of God. And how is the omnipotence of God, the all power of God, how is that practically demonstrated in the here and now 21st century by the power of the Holy Spirit? I want to give you three ways that Christ, by His Spirit, by His power, wants to work in and through your lives. Number one, if you have your notes, I'm going to ask you to take them out, follow along. The first thing is God's power, Christ's power, right, is at work, watch this, in you, in you, in you. Not just through you. God's not just working around you. Philippians 2.13, I love this. Paul writes to the church at Philippi, and here's what he said. He says, for it is God, God, who what? Everybody say it. Works. God is employed. He is employed. He has a job, and he's working. And the number one thing that God is doing, watch this, is the mighty God is working in us, helping us to break some of those attitudinal power, the, the, those patterns that are unhealthy, and they, they keep distracting us, and some of those things, and some of those addictions, or some of those bad attitudes, those things like, man, I just can't. Christianity is not a self-renovation program. Jesus didn't die on the cross to make your life easier. Jesus died on the cross to give you power to change. He not only died to forgive you of your sins, but he gave you, watch this, there's a gift. And it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so the Spirit of God, watch this, don't miss this. This is important. This is not just mental. Christianity is not just a philosophical meandering through different concepts to how to like, make life better. It's not head up. It includes your mind. But it doesn't stop with your mind. We love God with our mind, but it's more than just our mind. Are you with me? This is not just philosophy, but there's a real transaction of power where, 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 where you give up your weakness and he gives you your, his strength. You give up your sin, he gives you your, his righteousness. You give up your emptiness, he gives you his fulfillment. And one of the things that he's doing is he's working in you both to give you the will and the power to fulfill his good pleasure and purpose. There was different attitudes in my life and different things in my life. There were certain sin patterns when I came to Christ. Certain things I just couldn't break off my life. I tried so hard. to I want to change this. You guys know what I'm talking about. There's times where you've done things. You're like, why did I do that? And you keep doing it over and over and over and over again. So you grit your teeth. You're like, I'm going to stop this even if it kills me. And it does. Until you have God's power help you. And then the Spirit of God comes in, and Christ, by His power, He comes to begin, to begin to give you power to change. He gives you the power to change. I'm so grateful that Christianity is not self-renovation. It's, it's God gives me the power. The number one thing that God wants to do with His power, God's power works in us. Number two, the second thing that Christ wants to do with His power is that He wants to work for us. Pastor, are you kidding me? Are you saying that God's like working for me like I'm the boss? No, no, I didn't say that. But he's serving us with his power, giving us what we can't have on our own. do you guys know if you and I had a picture of the spirit world, what is really happening? I want you to think about this. There is more happening in the spiritual dimension right now that you can't see than in the realm that you can see. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spirit. Ephesians chapter 6. There's things that are working around us. Watch us, And there's things that God is working on our behalf. We don't see it all. We don't understand it all. And one of the practical ways that he's working for us is there's an exchange. Now, I want everybody to hear this. This is important. There's an exchange that's being offered. You know, you go to a, a foreign nation, and there's what's called a currency exchange, right? You go to some nations, and the American dollar is real powerful. It's like, oh, man, it's awesome! You get more. You can do more in that nation for the money that you exchange. You get their money. Yeah. I mean, you go to South Africa right now. The rand is real low. So it's like the dollar. It's like, whoa! It's amazing. You go to sometimes we're under it. Sometimes we're. Over. Are y'all with me? It's an exchange. Well, let me just give you one where we always we always win, is when we exchange our weakness which isn't worth much, and in exchange, guess what? Our, 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 the, the value of our weakness, it's not worth much, but in exchange, he gives us his strength. Let me tell you something. When he gives you his strength, let me give you the scripture, all right? He gives power. God gives power to who? Say it, the what? Oh, pastor, come on, man. He gives power to the weak, I thought that Christianity was about strength. It is, but not yours and not mine. So so in other words, he gives power, but but he reserves power. He locates transactional power with those that realize they have a need for it in exchange. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. I want you to think about this for a moment. Those that have no mind, he increases your strength. Even the youth. Well, pastor, it's because, you know, like, you're getting older. You need the help. Really. The Bible says, even the youth shall faint and be weary. And by the way, I'm getting back to my fighting weight. But anyway, so, that's another message. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Now, watch this. Watch this next verse. But those who wait on who? Say it. There's the transaction. You go up to the currency counter. What is our weakness worth? What do we get exchanged? Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their what? Say it, strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be what? Weary. They shall walk and not what? You know what's interesting? I had a person tell me one time, this is all spiritual. It's all spiritual, Pastor. Sweet by and by. I said, really? So you're telling me, I just want to be clear. So you're telling me, that all of these promises are like futuristic. So like all of this relates to God's going to be straight. So, so none of this is, this is all spiritual. It's not emotional. It's not intellectual. It's not physical. It's not in the here and now. Well, I never thought of it. I, I, don't, I think it's all spiritual promises. I said, okay, let's talk about this for a moment. I said, I've been to Israel a bunch of times. There's a, there's a little part of Israel on the northern side, actually on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. Galilee's in the northern part of Israel. And there's, 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 the, the, there's cities that are over there. There were, there were Gentile cities. The Jewish people were on the right side, on the left side. The non-Jews were on the right side. And one of the places on the right side was a place that Jesus came to with his disciples, and they came in Mark chapter 5 to a place called Gadara. You ever heard me talk about that? before? And the people who lived in Gadara were Gadarenes. Now think about it. Stay with me. And the Gadarenes, one time when Jesus came on his boat, he came up there. And there was a, there was a, there was a, there was a demonic, a person that was demon-possessed. Listen to me closely. Called the Gadarene demoniac. Now check this out. The guy was demon-possessed. And the Bible says he was living in the tombs. And, and they tried to chain him up they put these chains on him and and he would break these chains. So my response to that person was I said let me just t- let me just let me just just give you this. If a demon spirit can give somebody physical strength to break a chain, don't tell me that the holy spirit can't give you physical strength to get you out of bed and get you to work in the morning. It's just a thought. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and it'll quicken your mortal body, not just your spirit one day in heaven. So the Holy Spirit, the power of God gives you strength, physical strength, emotional strength, intellectual strength, spirit. It's all the above. It's encompassing. All right, last one. God's power works in us. Number two, God's power works on our behalf. But number three, God wants to work his power through us. And I'll close with this. Jesus' power is at work through us. What do I mean by that? Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you shall receive power. I love this. The book of Acts, we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. We shall be witnesses to Christ in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. What's the point here? Here's the point. Stick with me. I'm closing on this point. What is the point? The point is Christianity gets real fun when you get out of the stands and you get on the field. When you're no longer a spectator, but you're a participant in the game. Let me tell you what's really boring. What's really boring about Christianity is when Christianity just becomes about a viewing. Christianity is not a spectator sport. How'd Steve do this weekend? He's probably a six. Now, some people think that Christianity is reduced to Just watching the pastor an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 11 minutes, whatever it is, and you just go out, and that was nice. Steve did pretty. Steve was pretty. You know, he's getting better. He's getting older. I think he was a 6, maybe a 7.5. I'm not giving him higher. I'm not doing that. Now, in swimming, the Olympics, they get 9s, 10s, but I don't get a 9 and 10. Hang on, hang on. Christianity's not about evaluating the preacher. It's about being equipped for you guys to leave and do kingdom business outside the four walls of the church. That's when it gets fun. That's when it gets fun. You go, you go to that Christmas party and that uncle there, you know, the one that makes fun of you because you're a born-again Christian. But uncle's got a sickness this year, and you thought, man, I'm just going to pray for uncle. And it's crazy. I'm just going to ask, can I pray for you? And you know, so you pray for uncle, right? You pray for uncle? Well, pastor, what if I pray for uncle and nothing happens? So What? What if you pray and something does? It's our responsibility to do the praying. It's God's responsibility to do the healing. Are y'all with me? Well, what if I share Christ with somebody at the at the gym and they and, and nothing happens? That's up to God. But what if you share Christ and something does? See, Christianity. Let me tell you. And I'll close with this. Sometimes the greatest way to get strength is when you. Feel, let me tell you. When you feel the power of God, God starts using your life. It's amazing when God starts using your life to do the kingdom business, let me tell you, outside this church. The church is the body of Christ that have been mobilized to do good works. So I'll close with this. Well, Pastor, you don't understand I've not been to college or Bible college or seminary. and I don't understand all these Greek and Latin or Hebrew, whatever you call it. Look what Paul said, and I'll close. Paul said it this way. Look, my speech, my preaching, they weren't worth persuasive words. We never can discount our effectiveness in God based upon our education or lack thereof. You have a story and your story is you didn't know Christ and you surrendered to Christ and Christ did something in your heart. Your speech and preaching were not, look, he said, I didn't come you know, to titillate the emotions or just the intellect by these big fancy words. I, I simply came, I shared my story, I shared the risen Christ, I shared what Christ did in my life. I was a persecutor of the church, Paul said. He says, but, but it, I came in demonstration of the spirit and power. In other words, I prayed for people, I preached Christ to people. Things happened this is when Christianity gets fun. Y'all, I'm trying to help you guys. During the holidays, as you go into the new year, God wants you to feel. Let me tell you, one of the greatest feelings you want to get into feelings is when you feel the Holy Spirit going through you as God uses you as a conduit of his power. Man, it gets excited! Oh, wow. That your face should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. God wants to use your life to make a difference. Listen, for him, he wants you to feel His mighty power, mighty God with mighty power, he wants to use your life. Come on, I want you to stand. How many of y'all enjoyed that today? Did y'all receive that? Come on. I want to pray for you. Our altar's open for anybody that needs prayer. I just want to pray. Let's just bow our heads. Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. If you do not know Christ, if you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus, if you're not sure if you die today, you're ready to stand before God, our altar's is open. We'd love to talk to you about what it means to be a follower of Christ. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of Jesus, joining a church doesn't get you saved. I can't save you. Your uncle being a deacon can't save you. What gives you a relationship with Jesus is when you trust Christ. When you personally say, God, I need you. Come into my life. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Maybe there's another situation in your life. Maybe you're struggling, whatever area it is. I want to we, we're here as a church. We want to minister the love and life of Christ. I want to pray a blessing as well. Father, I bless your people. Teach us. Teach us to daily exchange our weariness for your strength, our weakness for your power. Or teach us to wait upon you, to draw upon you, to walk with you, to hear your voice. I declare the favor and the blessing of God on every man, woman, boy, and girl in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, can we give the Lord a hand clap? Can we do that? We love you guys. God bless you. I'll see you next week.